Okay, so Sammy Chaudhry, thanks for coming on our show, uh, the Healthy Indian Podcast. I'd like to tell you that uh, you know we're really excited to have you come on. Uh, so, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming the owner of Jore Magazine and how you became a community influencer? I'd be kind of we could start there, I guess. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, um, I'm actually a co-founder, right? And the co-founder, I'm a co-founder and the CEO of Jore. Um, okay. Long story short, honestly, it's it really started off during the pandemic kind of as like a, a, a little bit of like a, a fun little way to meet more brown people for, for me and my co-founder. She's based in Toronto. Um, Sick. And when we started off, we were just like, how do we get the community more involved? How do we get more people involved in, say, like brown events or, or anything South Asian, I guess, focused? Um, so before Jory, we actually tried to start a um, clothing brand called Drape Therapy where we would link a lot of the designers and like really small, small time, like manufacturers in South Asia, whether it was India, Bangladesh, Nepal, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, et cetera. And we would link Very them cool. over here because um, it was like really low quality clothing that would cost mm -hmm. so much, right? Like if you go to Queens or whatever, and we just thought if we can like figure the logistics out and the shipping out, we can definitely bring it in. Now the problem was we had everything up and running and it was going well. Um, but because of COVID, shipping costs went up, factories started closing down, the designers couldn't keep up. And um, once we had to shut drape therapy down, our whole idea was, okay, so what can we do that COVID or anything can never take away? Um, and mm. the easiest one was a digital publication, which then grew into a media company, which then grew into what it is now, a lifestyle brand. Um, and the, the focus behind it is really, um, we see all these, like me and my co-founder both Bengali originally, and we see all these Bengali pages. You see a bunch of Indian pages or Pakistani related pages, a lot of Muslim or Hindu pages. And we thought it'd be really interesting to try to get a page that combines everybody. Um, and you have great groups like Brown Girl Mag that's out there. You have um, news focused groups like the Juggernaut out there. And we thought we'd kind of emulate that, but make it our own a little bit. Um, focus right. more, um, like include um, both men and women include just everyone that we can kind of include. Um, and so the idea came up when me and my co-founder both grew up in Kuwait, where a lot of the Indians, the Pakistanis and the Bengalis are from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. Right. And so when mm -hmm. I moved over here, um, the Indians that I met were Indian American, the Bengalis were Bengali American, the Pakistanis were Pakistani American. Right. And I would see a divide, even though they had that similarity of being an American. I would still see a difference. I would still see a lot of people didn't really communicate to each other. I saw niches at, in university. Um, and I thought that was wild. Like that was the craziest thing to me because, mm -hmm. and not to, not to sound bad or anything, but you're not even like, you're not even there. Like the, the, the arguments that they have over there are like, they're still wrong, but they're real. Like there, there's a real border that's causing the issue. Like you're both from New Jersey. Like, I don't understand that, <laughs> that weird little divide that's created by yourself. Like, it just didn't make sense to me, right? So um, the more, I guess, I grew up and like the more I matured through university and a lot of my friends went to Canada or the UK, I'd meet their friends. And if they had brown friends, I started to realize that I have more similarities with um, an Indian from Toronto and a Pakistani from the UK than I do with Bengalis from Bangladesh. 
because a lot of the similarities that we have align in the differences that we have with other groups, right? So like say when we go out and maybe our parents are cooking and the smell's really strong, like damn, do, do my smell, do my clothes smell? Or like when we go like home, at grade, like we get our ass beat, right? And like little things like that, that's like nobody right. can really relate with. But a Pakistani could relate to it, an Indian could relate to it, a Sri Lankan could relate to it. So to me, sure. I thought we have so many more similarities that we should really hone in on and focus on um, through media, right? Through events, through the publication as a whole. And then our cultures have a lot of toxic traits that um, of course. that we we do talk about on Joy, but um, and something that we always tell the writer, we always tell of our, all of our writers is um, once you write a piece and if you are going to talk about something instead of trauma dumping and ending it on a complaint, offer a solution all the time, right? No matter what happens, wow. we, end with, we end with a solution just because I don't want to create that echo chamber. Because um, again, that's something else that I've noticed that our generation does where we talk about like generational trauma and we talk about issues that we face, but it's like everybody's telling each other the same thing. And there's not enough men in the room either. Um, like in most of these events that I go to, I'm the only man present when it comes to like someone who started a social media company or someone who started something else, like, or designers or whatever. I'm like the only dude there. And I, and I really don't like that because I see girls talk about brown guys being toxic, which yes, brown guys are very toxic at, in, in a lot of ways, but there's no brown guy that can rebuttal or create that discourse. Because even if the, the guy's wrong, to have someone talk back and challenge you, that's everything. That's how you grow. Um, and that's what joy really does as well. And that's what we've done, um, through our articles, we've done that through our own events. So I really do want to see, um, growth within the community. And that's kind of how joy started. And it is, it is a side gig for sure. So like, let me ask you this, what inspired you to get into joy? Uh, I can't, I don't want to mess up. Joy yeah. uh, magazine. Yeah. And how do you incorporate it into your daily life? Like, how do you think of ideas to move further with it? Right. Cause you're hitting a lot of good topics a lot of topics especially for men and like you said like how do you keep keep it going you know yeah um i really think it's 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 kind of logical you know what i mean when it comes to joy it's not difficult for me also the name i just want to say that the reason why it's joy is because um we kind of wanted to have something in our roots that was part of it because we cover the entire south asian diaspora all over the world our goal was to be like well, how do we make it kind of Bengali? Instead of having an Indian or Sanskrit name or a Hindi or Sanskrit name, we were like, let's call it Jore, which means loud. Jore. It's kind of like Zorse in Hindi. Zorse, gotcha. Jore, Jore in Bangla, yeah. So, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's so it just means cool. like loud and like kind of bold. Um, and when yeah. it comes to incorporating it to my day to day life, it really isn't difficult. I don't really have to think about it as, um, as oh, can this be applied to Jore? It's more like, Every time I see something, I'm like, that would be dope to do, right? Um, right. If, I see, if I see brown people doing something, I'm like, yo, I wish they didn't. Or if I saw them do something great, and I'm like, I wish more people know about that. Or if I see an influencer, or if I see someone really advocating and creating change, and they're not really well known, I'm like, let me highlight them, right? Like, let's, let's spotlight these people. Let's encourage, like, good behavior. Um, and I think that's how it really comes into the day-to-day. -day. It's never... It's never something that I really have to think about. It's just something I naturally do. I don't really have a lot of brown friends before Joy. Um, and logically, I was like, well, why don't I do something that pulls people in, right? No, and, and it's yeah, it's interesting that you think of this stuff because a lot of brown people in general, um, they get caught up in this whole like battle between looking 
better than someone else, but they also see like how it's hurting our kind, right? Like mm-hmm. being Bangladeshi and Indian from New Jersey, there's no real difference between that. But, you know, just comparing themselves to women, I feel like a lot of these guys, especially on like these dating apps and even out there, they feel inferior a little bit, man. Like, I think it's, that's why they don't, they don't show up to these events that you go to. They're the only guy because you don't feel inferior. And I feel like that's something that we got to, we got to fix. And it's up to us to kind of, you know, be the solvers yeah. and problem problem solvers to that issue. Yeah, and, and, and I agree. I think it, the inferiority complex is definitely an issue. Um, but I think you're also like being too nice to a lot of the guys. I think as much as I love my boys, um, I think we just need to be better. Um, and we need to just be told and like, this needs to be something that's brought up, but we need to be better yeah. at really wanting to be there. Like you can't expect people to babysit you, right? Like brown girls go through a lot of bullshit and brown guys go through a lot of bullshit. But recently there's there's been this wave where there's brown girl advocacy and like brown girls are being uplifted by other brown women. I think that's beautiful. And I do that all the time as well through Jory. So does my co-founder. Um, but I, I think I want to I wanna also advocate for brown men. And I think you can only help someone that doesn't want to be helped. So when I put out a men's mental health article and I push it to the guys and I know boys are, are reading it, um, it's getting less activity than a general mental health article, or it's getting less than say I spotlight a, a, a girl or a woman advocate who's doing you know really well in her field. And it's not because women care more, but it's, it's because women put in the work a little bit more, I think. And it's just that it's, it's like a, it's like a cultural shift. Like I need to get some of the boys to be more involved. Um, and that's kind of like the hardest part of advocating for guys. Right. So it's very easy for us. Like my entire team, except for two people, I think there's about 11 people on our, on our team. Right. Um, it's all girls except for one, one guy. Yeah. Like, that's insane, man. Me, and then we have a, a male writer, right? A guy writer. Um, yeah. but it's like 10, 10 girls on the team. We have team meetings every week. Um, and everybody's a girl and that's totally fine. I love my team, but it's also like, I need more discourse. Like there are, there are certain issues and things when we talk about topics or, or we start discussing ideas for future articles or events. Um, and, and we don't, it's not like it's done on purpose, but it's very female centric, right? It's very, I mean, your team is a lot of females. Exactly. I think, and I think it's not your, I mean, I get what you're saying. You love your team and it's not your, anyone's, uh, fault per se but it's like if you have a team of all females and there's no like balance i would say um to gel with boys and guy like guys and girls i think it becomes more female centric just naturally from yeah. the progression and, yeah and so that's something that would have to be we had to like initially combat yeah. so one thing that i did with jory was i looked through other pages and i was like i'm not really following any of these other pages and i questioned myself i'm like why am i not doing it and how can i do it with jory where i would and then when I started joring, it was great and everything. And then I'll say three months into doing Jory, I looked again and I was like, would I follow Jory if I did not run it? Like if I was not a co-founder, would I, would I follow Jory? Well, that's smart. And, no, like I that. and I wouldn't. And I told mm-hmm. myself I wouldn't follow it. Like, I don't like, like, I, it's not that I don't like it, but the aesthetic doesn't fit me. I don't know why I would follow it. And, I would, and then I went out to like survey people that I know around New York. I know a ton of people in New York. So I'm going out and asking people, would you follow us? Would you follow and almost every uh, girl that I that I showed it to was like, this is really cool, right? Like, I feel like this is showing the culture really well and, and everything. All the guys I showed it to, they're like, bro, I'll be honest with you. Like, I wouldn't. 
And the reason why I wouldn't is because A, B, and C. And, and a lot of it was the culture was shown, but it was a lot of like culture from the girl's perspective, or it was, you know, like little, little things like that where, and I went to my co-founder and I was like, Hey, listen, um, I don't think uh, we're doing a good job representing the entire community. Like, I think we're turning into right. some of these other pages that cater to women. Um, and we don't want to cater to any one gender. Right. Um, and she, and uh, this is why I love my co-founder where she was so receptive to that. She was like, that's exactly what I see as well. Like we're definitely very girl oriented. And, um, she's like, what, what do you think we should do? And we had a separate meeting on just how to create this and how to move forward. And she's the creative director. Like she absolutely does. Wonderful. Um, deal with nice. our social media. So, um, she was like, what, what should I do? Like, what should we do to move forward to make sure that we're aligned with what we wanted, what we want to be and what we initially planned to do. Um, and kind of now, if you look at our page, we're, we're very much aligned with that. I think it's a beautiful page. We cover everything we want to cover. We cover all of our topics and everyone feels included. There's never a, a look and everyone's like, mm, this is more women oriented, like never right now. It's more, it's very, um, unbiased. Another thing that we do, we try to cover every culture. I think not everyone does that. Um, when I learned right. about Indo-Caribbeans, growing, growing up in the Middle East, I'd never even heard of those people, right? And then I learned about Indo-Caribbeans in Guyana, Trinidad, and Jamaica and stuff. Bro, I lost oh. mind. I was like, there's no way they're real. Like, how's that a thing, right? And um, and I lived in Colombia for a little bit, for about a month and a half. And I was in Medellin, oh, wow. and I met brown people down there, too. And I was like, what are you doing here? And they're just like, you know, they've been here for generations. Like, they've just been there, right? And, like, same thing in Paraguay. And I went to university with someone from um, Panama and she's Mansi. Her name is Mansi. She's literally a brown girl in Panama, killing it. Panama, but, living in Panama. Like she's Panamanian and the other girls from Paraguay. Like there are people from South and Central America that are brown. They don't know how, like they know how they got there, but they're just fully from that country, but they're also brown. So my, my idea was, all right, so I'm representing you guys too. Like no one is being left behind with Joy. Like we need to represent everybody. We need to create discourse. Um, we're the children of immigrants, and that's always hard. It's extremely hard to be an immigrant. You can't expect our parents to do everything for us. They're already, you know, sacrificed everything to get here, right? Um, right. And then we have to put in the work as children of immigrants, whether we ask for it or not. We got to put in the work to make sure that one, we assimilate, but two, we hold our culture to ourselves, and three, we stay strong, right? No matter what faces us, like we have to, if anything, work together. Um, and that's kind of what we stand for now. And that's why I wanted to pivot to a lifestyle brand where we're not just taking photos of events and running events. We're not just, um, putting out articles, right. But now we're actually trying to make a difference in the lives of everyone that follows us and takes part in us. This community is dynamic and it's evolving and it's ever growing. So that's really the approach. And do you want like more, I guess, involvement from the men in a sense where, they take more of an interest in it or would you like to see like what they would like for jo joy, joy, Jorah, Jorah, Jorah would like to post, like, is there like something you're maybe working on in the behind the scenes almost like mm -hmm. maybe we should post like something that caters to just men to get them involved? Or is this something that you're going to, bring on people on board to like kind of assist you with that. Cause that's interesting, man. I mean, it can go more verticals, right? Cause you're already having a lot of coverage from one, one standpoint, but I feel like the other standpoint, um, you can definitely hit those missing gaps, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, so uh, I, I've always thought about going the extreme one way to get a few people coming in. Mm. But I don't think that's the way to do it. As it's a great idea, and I've thought about it too. But mm. and we've tested this with engagement. Um, and it's like, guys, it's getting guys to the to the organization is, is me and my co-founder's job, right? And I take it upon myself even more being the man of the two. I feel like it's, it's I understand men. I, sh I, should, I should take on that role a little bit more. But um, when it comes to to that, it's, it's more like it's, it's not the guy's job to be interested, right? If you look at any, any company in the world, you, you can never expect interest from people. Um, interest is earned, right? So mm -hmm. my whole focus is like, how do I get, how do I gain the interest? Not how do I get the interest? And I don't think going the extreme one way is going to help. Like a men's mental health focused article. Absolutely. We do stuff like that, but catering to only men for say like a month, I, I would never do that because, um, I think that takes away from, from our, our women followers. And I think I really want to continue to advocate for them, even for like, when, when something is woman focused, like women's history month or whatever it might be, we, um, we still incorporate articles that are, that are neutral or regular, or even men focused during that time, um, while still advocating for women fully throughout the entire month. Like we never, we never really take away from one to give to another. That's not really how it works because. I don't ever want to have to succumb and like deal with that and go back to that when we're a lot bigger. Um, I want to continue right. like organically and just let it happen because we've had like, like, a, like, a, I think it was like an 87 or something increase, a percent increase in male followers. Um, after our first event, wow. when, when that event had seven or eight, um, women speakers that were amazing, they were killing it. The event was called don't tell, don't tell auntie New York city's best kept secret. And it was lit. We got like a, we had um, like this uh, restaurant Damn, opening and it's called the Monkey King. We had them Monkey come King, okay. cocktails and serve some food. Um, we got a loft in Brooklyn, super dope. And uh, the girls that came to speak were like killing it. They were on fire. They were starting their own businesses or they were influencers, whatever it may be. And a lot of guys showed up. And I think one reason is because the girls are very pretty. That might be the reason why the guys showed up. Who Aesthetics knows? and stuff, yeah. But a lot of the guys showed up that I didn't even know. I knew all of the girls. Like, they all followed Joy. They reached out to me even. I didn't know any of the guys, but I was really happy that they showed up. And a lot of the guys showed up and listened to all of these women speak. And after listening to them, they had a ton of questions. Um, and they even asked me. They were like, bro, why did you do And this, this event was the first time that I really physically met all of our followers or a bunch of our right. followers. And a lot of them, like, thought I was gay. <laughs> And because they were like, why are you doing this? That's like crazy, dude. Who would do this? Yeah. Like if you're straight and once they meet me, <laughs> you know, like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a straight dude. Like I'm a, I'm a guy's guy. So it's very, and it's very apparent that I'm straight. So once someone meets me, they're just like, like, I remember the first event, they're like, bro, I honestly thought you were gay. And I was like, what made you think I was gay? <laughs> and like, I don't, bro, I don't, I don't dress well enough, bro. Like to, to give you that feeling. I'm like, what makes you think I was gay? And they were like, well, because you run Joy, like you advocate for women, like the page is very strong. Um, especially at that time, like I was telling you, it was very woman. -centric. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. even what I wanted to be it. So it was very focused on women. So they were just like, yeah, we, I, I generally didn't know that you were straight. And I was like, you're wild. Bro. Like, but that's, that's, that's the degree of like how little men are in the field. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you gotta be gay. Like, there's no way you're, you're, you're really. Straight. So it's like, not even like a thought in them like oh it's just like women oriented it's 
there's no way this dude is like one of the co-founders. Like they didn't even think yeah, it was like a podcast. Yeah, they 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 just thought it was, it was a wild idea. And it was about four guys. That one event, four guys told me that. And I was like, I was like, come on, bro. Like, but now after they saw me do it, they were like, bro, why are you doing it? Like, if you're interested, I want to be interested. And we got mad followers off of that, like guy followers, because they were like, if Sami's doing it, and Sami's just like me, and he cares enough, and he's interested in this stuff, and he's doing dope shit, like. Let me take a stab at it. Let me like read his stuff. Let me look at it. Dive into gotten, it, yeah. Yeah, and I've gotten so many DMs from guys being like, bro, this is dope. Like, this is so interesting. When's your next event? Can I come to other events? Can I do this? Can I do that? And and I met so and and a lot of guys even told me like, bro, you know what? I've been toxic as fuck. Like a lot of guys <laughs> are like, bro, I did this to a girl one time and I'm like, That you're an asshole. But like you're learning. Like it's okay. Yo, right? where now? You're, yeah, you're, you're right. yeah. I think I think Umesh, I think you can uh, Umang, you can say it too. Like we've 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 all treated people incorrectly. It is what it is. You know, you we live and we learn. Um, Good to fess up to that once in a while, right? Like you know what you know what the nice nice nights nice the sweet sweet sweet. But sometimes good to fess up to your wrong, wrongdoings. You have know? to. Bro. I don't I don't want people to listen to this podcast and be like, Yo, Sami's an angel. I'm not. Fuck this. Like. I want people to know that, like, I wasn't aware. We're all assholes, or we've been. Uh, yeah, we, we've all, like, you all, like, everyone, like, nobody's perfect. Guys or girls, nobody's perfect. Um, and if my co-founder is here, she'll tell you how much I changed, even since I started Joy, just listening to stories. I think storytelling is so powerful. Yeah. And listening to so many stories, so many, like, women tell me their stories, so many men tell me their story, you, you like, you can't not learn. Like, you have to be super ignorant and super stubborn to not take things from people and be like, you know what? You're so right. Like, you're so correct. I need to be better. I can be better. Um, and there's no other option, right? Like, that's just like how it goes. And a lot of people have like toxic parents too. I'm very lucky that my parents are have like a really healthy, great relationship, um, have taught me great things. Um, but a lot of people don't really have the best parents to show them what's right and wrong relationship wise. So, um, I feel for that 100%. Just... How, how was it? How was it like growing up with brown, like immigrant parents and starting this brand? Because I know it's almost like they give you like this talk when you grow up saying be an engineer, doctor, lawyer, right? Yeah. How did you kind of like show them that, hey, I'm going to start this brand and make it a somewhat of a thing? Because being an influencer, almost like being your own boss is a little, you know, out of character, which is cool. I like it. I think it's it's dope what you're doing and i think it resonates with a lot of people but how did you get to that point with your loved ones and your parents yeah my parents hate this my parents absolutely yeah. hate joy like there's no <laughs> there's no typical brown parent uh yeah, absolutely hate um as immigrant immigrant parents though they were very interesting so my parents aren't i don't think they're like your typical and everyone can say that about their parents but Bengali parents yeah like my parents came from Bangladesh to boston um both of them worked in mm. finance and then my dad got recruited to Kuwait uh, to be like the advisor of the stock exchange out there. And he did really cool. well. Like, he like really enjoyed finance. He loved living on Kuwait. We all did. But when you live in Kuwait, after immigrating to Boston, you're an immigrant and then you're an expat. You almost like cancel it out. Like at that point, mm -hmm. like, because in Kuwait, you're not like, so immigrant parents here, like they have a little bit of a backwards mentality sometimes compared to white people. Mm -hmm. You take that person who's educated in the States and then worked in the States for like 20 years then take them to Kuwait. Like he is now the white person. Like my dad was like the most, like everyone's like, Oh my God, you're so forward thinking and you're so smart and blah, blah, blah. Because he was like, yeah, therapy is a good thing. And everyone's like, no way. 
Whereas like, like immigrant parents here, they're immigrants and then that's it. And they're compared to the Western people where it's like, oh, wow, they're a little backwards. Oh my God, my life is so tough. Like immigrant kids start complaining for me in the Middle East, bro. Like my parents were pretty, like not really immigrant parents in that way. And then moving back here after I moved back here, my brother went to Berkeley, my younger brother. So he came mm. moved to California and my parents moved to New York and I'm actually, um, traveling tomorrow. So I came to pack some stuff up. Um, and like, it was, it's very interesting because my parents were not super, super, like, I didn't feel like they were like immigrant, immigrant like that. They were very forward thinking. They were very pretty cool, but they hate joy because they're like, it's, it's blocking you from your real job. So I have a real job. I have joy. And then I have something else that I'm doing. And then I have, um, something else I'm trying to launch, um, in the summer. We have a very similar mindset. I feel like, I feel like we like going the different verticals and poking our hand at different, uh, different yeah. ventures. I think it's cool. And, and if you're interested in something, man, you should, I mean, why not? Right. Like I used to work in yeah. finance, love finance. So I started something finance related. And then I really think after working fashion week with joy, after seeing like fashion week overall, I think there's, there are a lot of places where you can solve, like there are a lot of, you know, problems that could be solved. Um, and not even in a negative way, just like just fashion in general, there's so many things that could be improved upon. So I started looking into that and I was like, why not like work with designers that I met and like, see how people can change and how much growth you can have and, and how much fashion could be improved upon if I can do it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, what did I, I stuck on my day job. Like, what am I losing really other than time? And I, if and anything, you're impacting and you're causing a rift in you know, the community. And I think that's a good thing. Cause I, mm -hmm. I think ha having like somewhat of a thing, I mean, this year alone, goatees blew up, you know, like these weddings we go to goatees, people wear them all the time awesome. before we used to just wear like langas and, you know, just like a long basic thing, but you go to these Indian and Brown weddings, people wear goatees all the time mm -hmm. with fashion and even women, and like now, they were. And now you see at like Brown events in New York, you know what I mean? Like you'll see all the time, all yeah. the time. Mm -hmm. Agreed. No, it's it's definitely a thing. Uh, I wanted to talk about a little bit about your. About your... Damn it! <laughs> can't, you you can say the name. Jory. 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 No. Jory. Jory. Right. Yeah. Jory. Yeah. Okay. Jory. Um. Jory. Right. So it says amplifying South Asian authenticity through a dispor dis dysphoric storytelling storytelling platform and lifestyle brand. What What does that like entail? I mean, it's like a, is that like your mission statement? Is that something that, um, is that an Instagram bio? That's an Instagram bio. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is, it is the mission statement. It's more or less what it means is, um, like kind of yeah, like, a, no, no, it's good. It's good that you asked that. It's kind of like what I, what I talked about earlier with, with authenticity and like, I don't think I mentioned authenticity as a buzzword, but basically I was essentially saying that where, um, I want people to really love and enjoy the culture, but understand that they can also be an American, Canadian, British person, Australian, South African, whatever it might be, but take like, take it upon yourself to, to really enjoy that part of your culture, because eventually you feel like that piece is missing. At least a lot of people do. Um, I know I did. Right. So um, right. a lot of people will say like, I'm like me being a Bengali American that grew up in Kuwait in Kuwait, they'll tell me I'm not an American. I'm not black or white. There's no way you're an American. Right. I'll be, t I heard that my whole life, you're not an American, even though my passport is, um, I go to Bangladesh 
like I, I'm going tomorrow, and mm. they're like, "You're not Bengali. Like you're Bengali, but you're not Bengali. Let's be honest. Like you can't read and write Bangla. Um, you speak pretty well, but you're just not. Like you're not Bengali like that. Like you're an American. Then I come to America, and you're, they're like, "Oh, you can be. You're both. And like that's bullshit. How are you both? Right? My whole life, I was like, "How am I both? And some people are like you're fifty fifty, and and that's where the authenticity comes from. Where like you're not fifty fifty. You're a hundred and a hundred. And you lean towards which one in terms of cultural practice. So I've met Bengalis that cannot speak Bangla at That's all, it. but eat rice every fucking day for dinner. Dal, <laughs> pot, like, that's what they eat. They have their dal, they have their fish, they have their rice, and that's dinner every but they can't speak Bangla. To me, that's OD Bengali, bro. If you eat rice every night, you're Bengali as hell. But then some people look at me and they'll be like, bro, you know Bangla so well, like, you speak so well, you understand it, like, whatever. Um, and you cook Bengali food too, like you definitely are Bengali and I am. So I don't want people to think you're less, you're more or less Bengali because you do a certain thing. Like you're more or less Bengali because you feel more or less Bengali. So you are Bengali or Indian or Pakistani, but you're also an American. If you grew up in Patterson or whatever, you're still, yeah, <laughs> you're from Jersey. If you're, if you're from LA, you're from LA, if you're from Boston, you're from Boston. It is what it is, right? Like if you're. If you're from there, you also rep that too. Like you got to rep both. Always rep both of your cultures all the time, right? So you're, you have that cultural blend. It's, it's, I mean, it's called a third, it's, it's a third culture, essentially. It's a cultural blend that you're making up. So that's your authenticity and that authentic part of you. And we really want to help you grow that um, and own that and be confident in your authentic self. Um, diasporic storytelling just means storytelling of the people that are part of it, like you, like you do every day, right, with your podcast. Um, and then the lifestyle brand is this not just being a publication anymore. It's really, it's really pushing people to, to take control of that part of their life. No, and it's really interesting because I see you like one of the posts you made and I know we were talking about authenticity yeah. and, you know, different kinds of, uh, you know, cultural shifts. So I looked at Linthol Chana, Chanam, um, so it's a India's first judo world champion, and she's she she has origins to Japan, which is pretty sick. Like sick, you know, yeah. being Indian, being J J part Japanese or part from Japan, and then also being like some kind of like judo world champion, which is like fitness and you know able to rock like you know you know put people down. I think that's really cool, and like you know, I just followed you guys just or like right now, and on top of that, I'm reading through it, and it's like I like how there's a story that's going on and how much championships and bouts she had and how old she is. So it's really cool. She's only 16 too, which is sick. No you know? yeah, and I think, um, yeah. And I think it'll give people motivation, to not only like, like your brand, but also travel to Japan and see these competitions and see this person that is like a mix of both worlds. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be like pretty impactful to just, you know, get a sense of, exactly what your brand is and i think you're really trying to break that um stereotype i feel like you know like you're this kind of this or this kind of this i think you really want to show people that there there's more to us than just like what you see like oh you're bengali or american but no like there's yeah. more to that you know just from the outside yeah and, and, and that's I try where, to, where where your focus is yeah and i try to embody that through the team as well um, so our team is, is based all over and their cultural backgrounds are from all over South Asia. Um, the guy that wrote that article is the only other guy on the team, I believe right now. And his name is Azhar. Hello. 
and he focuses on on the fitness stuff um and you'll see other articles in there series and all that stuff yeah and his yeah um and he is also someone who does judo in in uh florida and he's like really wow. big. and it was very interesting just meeting him he's like his um i could be completely wrong but i think he's an aerospace engineer but he's also oh, wow. does judo and like and i've started to see that um just like him like all of these south asians that do all these interesting things also have something on the side or that's their side thing right like during New York uh, Fashion Week or South Asian New York Fashion Week, I met all these great models who also work at Google and other tech companies. They also do this mm. and that. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. How do you do it? But at the same time, I also, you know, I'm also working in product management and I also do this and a few other things. So I started to realize like, we all do that. And, and going back to your question about how do I make my loved ones happy, like my parents, that's how. Like I, I didn't quit anything. Like Jory is something to them, it's a hobby. Like to them, they don't even think it got to, like they're aware kind of, but they don't really know it's, it even got to where it is today. Like they just, to them, it's like, Sami likes to meet people. Yeah. And like they don't know the full length of or the, thing. even with me, man, I mean, my cousins, my girl cousins and stuff, I mean, like, you know, they have Instagram and stuff and they look at like what I'm doing. They're like, holy shit, you're getting all these people to come mm-hmm. on your podcast, you're engaging with them, you're, you know, making an impact in the Brown community. It's powerful stuff but then the other day my mom saw like my one of my interviews and she was like whoa beta you're doing this this is you yeah. <laughs> you know so it was like interesting to see her reaction to me like you know yeah. interviewing somebody from abc or just mm-hmm. whatever but uh no keep doing what you're doing man and i think it's great to great to see that do you how do you see the landscape of jore magazine being a part being a part of that change or maybe like in the next few years, like where do you see the vision going? So where do I see the vision going or where do I see being part of a change? Did you have a subject to compare? Be, be, to? Uh, just in general. Well, yeah, just in general, like where do you see the evolution of Jore? Cause um, right now you, how many people do you have on your team? 11, you said, or? I believe 11 or 12, it could be nine to 12. Cause we're, we also just nine to 12. Them. So do you see like that group yeah. expanding? Do you see like maybe like being more like diverse? Um, you guys yeah. may be putting out more reels, like, you know, yeah. just in general. So content wise, we actually got someone for our social media yesterday. I just interviewed sure. her. She's awesome. So, um, there's, I mean, there's still a few more conversations she needs to have, but I think she's great so far. Um, she wants to create reels and, and, and diversify our content, which I think is really important. Um, we don't really use TikTok that much. I want to grow that, um, publication wise. I want to continue to grow the publication. I want it to, to be on fire. We have, um, our editor in chief who's killing it right now. Um, and she's helping us really grow and beef up that, that, um, publication side. Um, all of our writers are fantastic. We, we really are growing. I think, um, I really want to start like properly have like a, a a compensation cycle for everyone. I really want this to be, um, a way like. If I can make this a full-time job for people, that'd be sick. Or even like a solid part-time job, that'd be sick. Um, like go for funding one day, but over the next three years. Yeah, but funding, go for it, yeah. Go for it over the next three years and, and really see what I can get out of that. But the, the biggest focus really is um, proving to myself and proving to the community that we're the correct people for them to follow and, to, and for them to really use as a platform f- to find their cultural self. Um, and I think that's the hardest part where it's like, how are you, or how am I going to be 
the person that, and there's so much imposter syndrome, right? Like, why would you trust me? <laughs> right? And that's the question I ask myself all the time. I'm like, why would this girl trust me? Why would this guy trust me? Like, who am I to tell them what to do? And it's not like I'm giving them real information that's math or whatever. I'm not telling them like, this is what you should invest in. That's, I think, easier. Or like, as a product manager, like where I work, I'm like, this is what you should be. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very easy compared to Joy, where it's like, I'm feeling this way. How do I change that? Or there's, there's um, generational trauma here. How do I break that? You know what I mean? And there's, there's a hundred answers for that question. Um, if you feel- There's so many ways to cover that. Yeah. There's so many ways to cover yeah. that. And, and I how think- How do you move forward from that? That's the hard part. No, I definitely. No, and I think uh, maintaining and building a supportive network. And I think what you're trying to get at is like trying to get loyal fans, not just people who view your page and then just, you know, losing just the next day. And you want that long-term like loyalty, right? Yeah. And I think uh, raising that and doing things like podcasting and going on a lot of shows, I think that'll really help. And, you know, I would love to work with you too, like when it comes to mental health stuff post um yeah anything anyone i could bring on i think be really helpful especially in the brown community too because a lot of people are, don't like to be vulnerable and i think that's bullshit because um you know when you're vulnerable you get your voice out and people actually respect you more um so i think yeah. it's good to just see that you know and i like how you said like you know you know we got to give you got to make sure we got to hold the guys accountable too earlier you said that right not only the girls but the guys too were just as much as wrong because you know, we should be the leaders. We shouldn't be complaining like them as well, right? We should also be providing to all, some form of, you know, uh, accountability for our actions, right? So I yeah, think that's I think, important. Agreed. I think I think we I think it's not a gender thing. It's more as individuals, you have to hold yourself accountable. Um, yeah. Like Jory can't can't do anything for anyone that doesn't hold themselves accountable. Whether you're a girl or you're a boy, you you can never be um, self like reliant on somebody. To hold, one, hold you accountable, but two, to help you grow. Um, we can give you all the tools. We can give you the articles. We can throw events. We can host people. We can do podcasts like this. We can host our own podcast. And we can really get you going in terms of giving you the resources you might need. But we can never be the resource or give you the resource if you're not willing to take the time to understand and utilize the resource. And that's really where all of this comes from. So when I say hold the man accountable... Absolutely. When I say hold the women accountable, absolutely. When I say cl close out the echo chamber, echo chambers make you feel good. But when you go to bed at night, you're going to bed as the same fucking person. Like you didn't grow at all. Right. And if you're really looking to grow and like create those solutions for yourself, take the time to actually like think about the solutions you're creating, actively create those solutions, and then use those solutions to better yourself over time. I think that's the mental health aspect that you were trying to get at earlier. No, and it really, I mean, it really resonates with me. I think mental health is so important because if you have a good mental health and if your wellness is good, I think you're able to provide content and work for companies like yourself, like the companies that you manage right now. And also just be a more, you know, overall like well-shaped human being, right? It's, it goes back to being well-being. Do you have a good work-life balance? Do you have a good relationship with your spouse? Do you have good relationships with the people you work, right? And I think having that good like formula to like just everyday deliver in a very you know positive way and you know holding yourself accountable i think you're gonna you know flourish no matter what anyone says you know so i think that's that's cool so you know i think 
I think, yeah, we hit a lot of uh, points earlier today, and I, I feel like I learned a lot about your company too. So it'd be pretty sick to see. Um, do you have any advice for people too, like that are trying to start something like your company? Like, how did you get it? 11, 12 people? Like, that's pretty, pretty impressive. I don't, I don't think people have manpower like that, you know? Honestly, man, like, I think it comes down to um, being able to motivate. I think more than anything else, um, whether it's a lot of people try to throw money at their problems, a lot of people try to like, I don't know, like they try to uh, add value, but you can tell it's garbage. Like people try to like add whatever they can to what, um, to, you know, whether it's manpower or trying to get help or trying to get a mentor, sure. you have like, have you, um, a big thing for me was, and it's, I think it's a skill set that I have one of the few that are really good, I think is, um, getting people to really like want to do it. Like, and, and with joy, it's not, not very difficult to get people to want it. Everyone is looking for a platform. Um, whether it's people that are advocating for LGBTQ rights, people that feel underrepresented, people that feel like um, they're not, they're not really, I don't know, they're not really falling under that umbrella term of being brown. Um, those people are the first people to show up and they want it even more than me sometimes, right? And then, the, then you have people that really believe in your vision. And that comes down to being able to state your vision very clearly. Um, so like when you asked me about what joy was and why I did it and, and, and what I see moving forward and, and I guess like my, my inspiration behind it, it, I didn't really have to stutter. Like I told you what it was and that's that. Um, yeah, I really well, appreciate that. And I, I noticed in your tone, you were like, you're like, this is exactly why I'm saying it. It doesn't matter what my parents think, but anyone thinks like, this is what I want, that's, which I thought was really cool. Uh, yeah. And, and I think you need to have that. If you don't have that, then people won't believe in you and yeah, I mean, exactly. you won't get followers, you won't get all that stuff. But beyond that, like, you won't be able to convince yourself. Like, you have to look yourself in the mirror and be like, this is exactly what I need. And that's kind of why um, I, I go through my own page and I'm like, would I follow this as a guy? Would I follow this as Sami? Would I follow this as whatever? Would my friends follow this? Would, people, would strangers follow this? And the, the question sometimes, I mean, the answer to that question sometimes is no. And if it's no, then solve it. Don't be like, don't lie to yourself and say yes. Or don't say it's no and ah oh, fuck it, I give up. Like it gets hard. Like this idea was amazing to me. And I think it's still amazing. A lot of people think it's amazing. But it's not easy to continue this. Like it's so hard sometimes. There are times where I gotta take like a week off. I was just in Costa Rica taking a week off <laughs> of joy and a lot of this and shit, yeah. Yeah, I got back from Costa Rica, worked on it, whatever, we're working on it, we're killing it. And then um and my co-founder had to take a little break too. Totally fine. It makes perfect sense. Um, and now I'm going to Bangladesh and yeah. Vietnam for a month. And I'm still going to work on Joy, but it's not going to be as active because I'll be in places that I just won't have the internet and stuff. Um, but it's not like it's... And then when I'm back, I'll work on it. But it's not like I don't take breaks. It's not like it's easy. Um, having an idea... Ideas are a dime a dozen. Right? Having an idea is super easy. Everyone has an idea. Everyone has 10. Right? I have 50 ideas a day, I feel like. But it's like <laughs> picking the idea that you want to do, picking the idea that you're going to go with, and then staying consistent. Consistency is the hardest thing, whether you're going to the gym, whether you're going to therapy, whether you're trying to work on yourself, whether you're starting a business, whether you're going to work. Uh, consistency is the most difficult aspect, I think, in life. And if you can stay consistent with your business, it just grows exponentially. So always go, always go that route. That would be my advice. <laughs> No, and nowadays content is like digital currency, right? Or digital real estate, as people would call it. 
And somebody I used to follow years ago, her name was Jenna Marbles. This Jenna. lady would, Jenna Marbles, you remember her yeah, from our yeah. generation? Yeah, She's yeah. the GOAT. She's retired and she posted a video every single day of her life. And they could be anything, but she was the GOAT I, in my eyes. I think she was literally someone that came, took the, her bag, got what she needed and dipped. <laughs> and I think that was the coolest thing. Um, so I think her and then uh, Ray William Johnson was another one too. Ray William Johnson so, was fire. Yeah, 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 he was, he was sick. Equals three, baby, equals three. <laughs> but um, yeah. no, I think that was kind of cool. And, you know, just like your message in general, man, I think it's it's really powerful that, you know, you, that you focus like this. And even when you're going to Costa Rica and stuff, I think you can make your experiences and even your downtime into a content based uh thing when you're like when you think from a creative standpoint right you can meet people you can understand like hey if there's an indian people or brown people living around here i mean you know yeah. just have an experience write down a notepad and then just see like maybe you could make it a story or something later right and Absolutely. i think it'll benefit somebody somewhere uh and i think it'll be a really beneficial thing how do you so i i guess now i got I'm, i started thinking but how do you also manage uh i guess work-life balance when it comes to burnout, right? Because we were talking about earlier, like there's times where like people can't come in, there's times where you're busy, um, it's hard to stay consistent. How do you avoid burnout? And like, how do you keep telling yourself like, hey, it's gonna get better? Yeah, burnout sucks. I think burnout's like the worst. It's ass, man. Um, yeah. yeah, I hate burnout. I go through I, it too, so. Yeah, so the way to do it, I'm still learning how to deal with burnout. Um, I think I faced it not too long ago, and I think it, it's still lingering today. Even um, the gotcha. way I the way I deal with burnout is prioritization. So when I feel like I'm burning out, when I feel like I'm that fire in me is starting to really like die down a little bit, I see what I need to do. Because even with burnout, there are certain things that need to be done. I got to get my bills paid, right? So I still have to work my my job, my tech job. Um, so even if I'm burning out with everything, I need to do this, right? So like, this is something that needs to get done, non-negotiable, right? But like Jore working with my team, non-negotiable, going to events, negotiable. Maybe I don't have to go to so many events this month, right? I don't need to be out every Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, every Saturday and Sunday. Like, so that's a negotiable. I'll cut off an event and I'll tell people and everyone's so understanding in the community. Like, cause again, we're so new oh. to it. So everyone's like pretty good with it. I'm like, hey, like, I'm just tired, man. I can't do it. Flexible, yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, dope, right? Like, it is what it is. Um, and then I look at, like, other side things. So I run the investment fund. Um, I'm like, I'll talk to the other fund managers, about four of them. And I'm like, yo, bro, like, um, I can meet. But, um, like, in terms of investor meetings and stuff like that, I'm going to have to hold off um, for a little bit. But um, tell me how it goes, and I'll, I'll fill you in on... If you need advice from me, I'm always here, right? I'm also like as a fund manager, so we'll always talk. And then um, for my friends, I'm like, yo, bro, I'm tired as hell. Like, just like come over, let's chill, let's watch a movie, let's be cute, you know, all that stuff. But I'm not gonna go out with you tonight. I'm not, I'm not going crazy. Like, I'm just like, it's been, it's been a tough week. Um, and everyone's been super helpful there. Um, so I think the circle that you surround yourself with and prioritization is how you deal with burnout. If you deal with people that don't really understand or people that are not like-minded, I guess going back to your business question too, if you want to start a business and be successful, be around people that also maybe doesn't want to start a business, but also want to kill it in life. Like don't be around people that 
don't care, right? Like I have friends that want to start businesses or have start businesses and they help like that's perfect for me. I have friends that don't want to start a business right now, but they're doing so well in their life um, professionally that they like respect and they get it. Like there's no, there's nobody in my life right now that, and I don't want to say this, I don't want to sound like a dick, but there's nobody in my life right now that doesn't care or is super lazy. And I think living in New York, living, like I live in Hell's Kitchen, living in New York makes it very easy for that. Because if you're in New York, you, you have to be doing something. There's no way you're, you're bumming out in Manhattan. That's wild. Like, how do you afford to live here? Right? So <laughs> when I, so when I'm like meeting all these new people, everybody kind of is on that wavelength. So that's not an issue for me to have, but say if you're in the middle of like Michigan, you're in high school, you're going to have some bummy friends. It's normal, right? Everyone, everyone's high school has some bums. Um, take those people out of your life. <laughs> like it's, it's easier said than done. They could be your boys. You grew up with them. You've known them since they were five years old. Your mom knows them, whatever, but you got to cut that. You got to cut that dude off or cut that girl off because, um, nothing will hurt you more than a close friend, right? Like, you know that saying you're you're the average of your five closest friends. Like it's it's very much true. Very it's not true. just your five closest friends; it's the five people that you see the most. Honestly, um, mm. one, of my, one of my best friends is in London, right? Um, he's my I can argue he's my best friend, but I don't see him that often. Who I think people that are not as close to me have more of an impact on me that see me every every week. So surround yourself with the right people, right? Don't surround yourself with the wrong people. And you won't face burnout, or if you do face burnout, they'll be able to help you out. It's like getting stuck in the mud. Um, you need people to really be able to pull you out. And if they can't, then you're around the wrong people. And then that means take a step back. Take a step back, delete everything. And really, Costa Rica for me, I couldn't really. Remember how you said you could be creative in Costa Rica and whatever? I couldn't. I was like gone. My my mental was off. Like, matter in chief. Oh, Costa, gotcha. Even at MasterCard, like everyone around me was like, bro, you need to just chill out. And all my friends, everyone's like, I went to Costa Rica alone. I was, I was gone. And I was like, I don't know. Oh, I had my trip four days before I got an ATV, went from city to city. I booked my Airbnbs on my way to the next city. Like it was to the point where Yo, I that's wild, bro. That's I, I wild. planned nothing. I was like, what day is it? Today? Tuesday. I was literally on Tuesday. I was like, uh, I'm booking my tickets for Thursday. And then, <laughs> I, and then I left on Thursday. And then when I landed, I was like, I knew the first place. After that, I was like, I don't know where I'm going to stay, but I'm going to go see an active volcano. Drove two and a half hours, like an Uber. I Ubered two and a half hours to the next, to a different city. And just like, I'm a bounce, whatever. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. I want to see a volcano. Got an Airbnb there, super dope, glamping, got a jacuzzi, everything, movie, right? And then a, a day and a half or two days after that, I was like, yo, this place is like beautiful. It's got beaches, whatever. Six hour car ride. I just like booked a car that I learned from an Uber on my way to a restaurant. I'm like, would you drive me? He's like, I'll do it. I booked a six hour car with this dude all the way to the, to the beach city, got an ATV. I booked the Airbnb like on my way there. Like when I was, it was six hour drive or four hour drive, like an hour left. He's like, we're gonna be in the seat in an hour. Like, where, where am I going? And I was like, I don't know yet. And I like got on my phone, limited internet, found an Airbnb, again, fire spot, booked it. Oh my I was god! Like, go to, and I hit up the Airbnb person. I'm like, "Yo, what's the address?" She gave me the address, and I was like, "This is where we're going." Like an hour out of the city, he dropped me off at the Airbnb. I got out, unpacked my bags. Like, Yo, that's, that's wild, bro! You were just basically Airbnb hopping, like yeah, boom, boom, yeah. boom. I like, I needed it though. I couldn't wow. do anything else. Like, I had to really just see nature, be with nature, see a bunch of weird looking animals, 
and like realize that <laughs> like everything is stupid. Like everything that I'm working on, I don't need it. I'm doing it for a purpose, right? Like I'm doing joy to help other people for a purpose. I work my Service job focus. for a purpose. I do everything for a purpose. And I needed to see that because I forgot that. I needed to see like nothing is important. Before I started Joy, when I told you I moved to Colombia, that was another time I had burnout. I was living in, in Medellin for just over a month. And um, and one of my friends that's from there actually was like, bro, just get an Airbnb here, live, live life out here. Don't do anything else. And I went there and I did nothing else because again, that was like burnout. And like, I was like really worried. I needed my little eat, pray, love journey. And that's what that was. And after that, I remembered that nothing really matters. It's about your happiness and like where you want to go in life. And in the last two years after that trip, I forgot that because so much has been happening. I forgot, I forgot what makes me happy. And after that Costa Rica trip, that one week, I, it reminded me of like what I learned that one month or that month, a little over a month. And I'm like, if, if you can't keep going, if you have to, and I don't want to have to travel like that every time to learn and remember, but it was a really good reminder of you really don't need anything that doesn't serve you, right? You don't need anything that you don't want. And, and that's how I move forward now. Bro, I think it's awesome that you said that. I think it's sick that you shared that too, because I think that's what's going to make you a star, you know, um, having the ability to like kind of take a step back because most people will take a step back, but they'll take a day back. They'll be home. Yeah. You dipped and literally went to two different countries back to back. And you stayed in a month and a what, month and a half in Colombia, which is like most people are like not fortunate enough to even do that. A month and a week or so. Yeah. Dude, a month and a week. And most people can't even, aren't fortunate enough to even have that kind of time or the money, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, mainly the time. I feel like people have the, maybe the money for it, but the time is like kind of, kind of hard, right? With PTO, that's like four weeks. So, um, you know, able to do that and just, you know, see like what you need to focus on and kind of revamp who you are as a person. I think that's really cool. And I, and I know, I know you're like, Oh, I don't have want to have to do that. But I think that's exactly why maybe you're able to be successful, right? Like they say, Drake also takes a step back too. And he doesn't, when he, when he dropped <laughs> yeah, like an album and Drake is wild. Dog. I wish, I wish I'm on Drake's level one day. I'm not. Yeah. 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 But his practices are still the same, right? Like he likes balanced diets. He likes espressos. He likes, um, you know, taking a, like he, if you notice him, he doesn't like, he's not always in the media, right? Like Kanye, all these other people are mm -hmm. always in the media, but he always is a very private guy. And I think you being private enough to like, you know, go on these like solo retreats almost, it's kind of cool, man. And I think people will think that's a dope trait to have, you know, cause most people are scared to also travel alone. I, I hope you know that. So um, you know, it's cool that you, you're able to do that and you don't, thing. you don't feel lonely. I feel like, huh? It's a, it's a beautiful thing to travel. It's definitely a beautiful thing to travel. Yeah. I, I, I push everyone to do it. Like if you, like, I like traveling with people more. Sure. Like if you ask me, like, would you travel alone or with somebody else or with friends? I would never travel alone, but I travel alone when I kind of just need to escape. Like I go to places where I don't know the language and nobody can speak to me and I can't speak to anyone. Like, I can't tell you how much Google Translate saved my life, bro. In Medellin, nobody knows English. I was there for a month and a half. <laughs> there were days where if I didn't talk to my parents or my family or my friends, there were days where I never said a word because I don't know any Spanish. I would type. Just silent. Just I would type. To, yeah, I would just type to everyone. 
or I would be chilling in my like on my balcony, or I'd be walking around the city, and people would ask me questions, and I don't know, like I just don't know Spanish, and I'd be like, no, <laughs> like all the time. <laughs> and I met great people, bro. I met some of the most insane people ever. I'm in a J Balvin music video, bro. Like I met, like I got it went way too deep, way too deep, bro. I fell in love with the culture, I fell in love with the city, but Crazy. I didn't know the language. You know what I mean? And I think that's a big part. And I tell everyone that and I had a friend in Colombia at the time, but I tell everyone that. Like, if you have a friend that lives there, like, visit him and solo travel and make sure that that person knows your location so you're safe. But solo travel, man. Like, I, you should do it, too. Just go out. Just do your thing. Oh, I did it. I did it. I actually went to Yosemite for, like, two weeks in California by myself on a 53-mile hike oh, for, like, three sick. days. So it was, like, the most humbling thing. And I met. I had a Polaroid, like, mm -hmm. Logan Paul, and I started my own Polaroid channel. And, like, you know, I take pictures of people and shit. And there's this one girl on the mountain doing like one handstand jump ropes like we're on the edge of the mountain so she could have died nah. she was doing that shit and i was like dude this is the coolest most surreal thing but i learned so much from that trip that's why when you said that resonated with me i was like bro he's got something he's got something that he made you don't want to give that up i think it's such a it, it's like most people don't even take the time to do that i think you know so i think that's sick that you're able to do it and i think uh george's gonna go far bro just gonna go far, so fingers crossed, man. We'll see. We'll see how it yeah. goes. I think I'm still learning. So, I'm learning. So could I ask you a few rapid fire questions? Lighthearted ones, of course. But uh as I got as you. As long as they're lighthearted, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. No 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 weird shit. Like, you know, what's your favorite position? That's kinda of weird. No, no, it's so not. anyways. <laughs> yeah. So if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Teleportation. Ah, I see it. We got the same superpower. Like, if you could only eat one type of food for the rest of your life, what what would that food be? What does that mean? Like anything with cheese. One type of food for the rest of your life. So cheese. Um, anything with cheese, man. Any, anything. anything with cheese. So Sammy likes cheese. Cool. Likes I, mean, I feel like me too. If I'm brown. So. If you could travel back in time to any era, which one would you choose and why? Well, that's tough. Uh, I know it's rapid fire, but I don't even have an answer for that one. Um, dude, do I have to be brown? There's so many arrows, man. Do I, like... have, do I have to be brown? No, you don't have to be brown. You could be like, I'm not going to say being, it. Being brown is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> being brown is dangerous, bro. I feel, I feel like back when, like, this is going to sound really messed up, but like, when you look at South Asia, like, way, like, before the British got there. I kind of just want to see what we were like, but we were the we're the country. Like I know we're all about shame now and stuff, but we were the land of Kama Sutra. Like we were definitely dogs. Like we, we were definitely and Karma Sutra and all that yeah, shit. We were we were like a, such a fun group of people. I like I would love we to see Patterson back in the day. <laughs> legit, <laughs> I would love to see what we were like pre-British, like before the British even knew about us. Like before like, Mahatma Gandhi and all that, before like before Sir, Sir, all of that, know. like when we had all of our gold, when we had all of our resources. When we, I know we were tribal and we used to like w have war and like fight, but years. And I shit. just want to be like I would love to see how South Asia was back then. I always get curious, like what was it like? Because right now we're like colonialism really fucked us so hard that even to today we are stuck on stuck in that like color thing and whatever, um, like skin color and all that stuff, like. Colors and racism, like issues with ourselves, inferiority complex. And I'd love to see what it was like really when it was just raw, like brown. Like when it was. I our... think people were healthier, bro. If you look at like well, how people were back in the yeah, day, like gladiators. Yeah, they were fit as hell. They were healthy. 
They no protein, nothing. They didn't eat shit. They were just. I don't know how the hell they were able to pull it off. They were fighting people, bro. They were doing their thing. It was always yeah. cutting season, bro. They're on fire. I, I want, like, I want to see that. I want to see what that looked like. They would just not eat for days and hunt. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Uh, okay, so if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? With you. It could be anybody you want. For, uh, for me, it'd be Elon. So Elon? Would, I would love to talk to Elon. Just to pick his brain. Not from like the shit he's pulling on Twitter, but no, just no. like, just to, just a Tesla and like, Try to see like what crazy ideas he has planned in the future. I would love to pick his brain right now. I would, yeah, that's fair. I think um, a big one for me. There are multiple I want to talk to, um, and I'm, I'm going to pick someone that's alive today because you did. I, I like that better. Um, okay. I would love to. Uh, you said Elon, but for me, it's more. You're gonna you're gonna laugh at me, but um, Bezos's wife. Like I, I wanted to know. Like, that's an interesting one, bro. Like, I, I want to know, like, what did she... Because she did a lot for Amazon, right? I yeah. want to know, like, her perspective on everything in terms of Bezos growing the business, but also, like, her insight as someone who's not necessarily the person in the limelight, but, like, how she grew. As someone who, who loves venture and who wants to learn more about business, like, I want to know from the ground up, from her perspective, not the perspective of the person growing it, because they're... He's on my podcast and you can read his book or whatever if he has one. But what has she seen him do wrong that was very ego driven? What has he seen what has she seen him do right? Um, what can he be doing better? Like, cause from her I'd get the raw truth. There's no bias, right? And now they're divorced. Like, how is that? Right? Like, and if you're and divorced, she's the richest like, woman in the world too. So like, she's the richest woman in the world. Like, she's a billionaire and he's still a billionaire after that. Like fucking crazy no they're fucking that's wild but yeah like i want to i want to know exactly like what her perspective was on on their growth and, and everything right and like why did they fail like there's no reason for their marriage to fail unless like it got fucked so like i could learn from that too because i want to have a family one day so there was there's a lot to talk to her about i feel like something similar like that is like tom brady too i feel like tom brady and giselle I love tom brady. I was, love tom a, was a cool brady. one too that was like interesting to see like he picked football over marriage and kids but yeah it's kind but of his funny wife was like cheated on him right like at the end of the day yeah she was like sleeping with her her trainer or something for a year like it is what it is he chose football over that but we don't know what information is in there um yeah we don't know that we don't know the ugly truth i don't know <laughs> but I, I will say that tom brady is like the greatest football player of all time i'm a big patriots fan love tom brady oh yeah i mean i'm an eagles fan but, uh, you know, uh, Tom Brady is a GOAT, though. I mean, it's yeah. like saying, like, Messi, right? Like, you can't – I don't know. I feel like you can't compare Tom Brady to Peyton or Eli at this point. Like, he's mm -hmm. just done shit that, like, that's astronomically dangerous. Like, yeah, it's just quarter, transcended all Brady that. curse, like, effect. Like, what the, what the fuck? This guy comes back, like, so many points. Like, you know? you, can, yeah. you There's no way you could come back from that, you know? So You can't. You brought up Messi. That's, that's a tough Messi, too. Well, Messi, Messi I think this discussion. Cup, not Messi trends. Yeah, after the World Cup, he he he's pretty much closed. And off. it killed the discussion of Ronaldo and Messi because Messi, I mean, he he closed the debate. And in the next World Cup, both of them are going to be retired. So there's no there's no going back to that. Yeah, and I think I think Ronaldo also closed it by joining on this year. I think that was why did you do that? Bro? Like that broke my heart. I was like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care it who was, was you got you got to that, that's sad. 
It is very sad. Fucking Ronaldo. But yo, <laughs> this was fun, man. I really liked everything you had to offer. And like, I want to know more about where your venture goes, like Jor. And I definitely want to work with you and collab in more ventures where it's fun health, fitness, any way I can too. Maybe I can have like some twist to something and, you know, have a voice yeah. up for the yeah. people that you support. And even, you know, the women too, like feel free to have them come on too. Like I would like to see their day to day, right? Like we were talking about Jeff Bezos' wife. Let's talk about George, George women's like employee lifestyle. Like, you know, like what they see and what they envision, you know, yeah, kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, I would, I would love to have, yeah, my team would love to be on. I think my co-founder would be good. My editor in chief would be good. I've, like my whole team overall, I think would be a solid, a solid like group to have on here. Um, another thing, bro, like we deal with like, we have like a sex advocate too, a sex mental health. I don't know if that's the right word, but sex, like a sex um, education or a therapist or something like that. Sex therapist. I think she is. Um, she could be There's a, like a show yeah. on that, on Netflix. So uh, I don't <laughs> sure, but I think, I think she'd be really good to have. She's Brown too. For, um, cool. From New York. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you her stuff, but yeah, we should definitely connect. Um, I would love to learn more about your podcast too and get some more people sure. spotlighted, right? Like you interview such interesting people. Um, and Thank everyone you, loves to do a spotlight thing. So why not? Right. Yeah. Um, put me on. And I would love to, you know, kind of be in the media presence and stuff too. Cause I think that's how you also have like a name, a reputable name. And so you also get verified on Instagram and you can kind <laughs> yeah. of build your following that way. So I think for me, the blue check doesn't mean shit, but I also think, the blue check will give me the ability to, you know, reach out to some like big guests and then have them see that, that, Hey, he means like what he says and he's true to his word. And I just want to have that credibility, but I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, just trying to get it, like, you know, earn that shit, like whatever. If I get it, I get it. If I don't get it, great. Um, yeah. But yeah. And shout out Ashe for uh, hooking us up with this, with yeah, this connection. I didn't, I didn't cool. know he did that. He actually hit me up and he was like, He's like, yo, did uh, did one message you? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like, did you? And he's like, yeah, I, I let him know about Joy and everything. I was like, oh, yeah, so appreciate you. Yeah, Ash is the boy. Yeah, we should have done this for a while, but like, it was just like the new year and all the festivities and just people after people. It's hard because you have to make time for people's uh, schedules and then stuff like stuff stuff gets rescheduled. And if it's a big guest, you have to super prep. And then if it's a small guest, you still have to prep and understand how they are. So it's it comes and goes, but yo, thanks so much for coming on, bro. Appreciate Absolutely, you. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. Talk to you later, bro. Peace. Bye.